Welcome to Into the Fire, where every week we're clearing the smoke on today's hot topics in business and everyday life. This week I'm talking to Barry Rempel. Barry's the president and CEO of the Winnipeg Airport Authority. Welcome to the show, Barry. Great to be here. Really glad to have you. I know we've had uh, the opportunity to get to know each other a little bit over the last number of years and uh, wouldn't mind you sharing some of who you are and what you do with uh, with everyone that's watching. Oh, that's a big secret. No. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm president of the Airport Authority, as you, as you said, and uh, it's amazing to me how many people actually don't understand what that means mm-hmm. uh, in our community. Everybody knows that you go to an airport to get on an airplane, uh, but the role of the airport and uh, the airport's authority more specifically behind it and uh, what that can mean to our community is is just amazing. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, you're actually uh, uh, looking or taking care of three different air- or two others besides this one? Yeah, well, actually, we, we have, we're involved in a lot of airports, uh, right. uh, mostly within Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows us because Winnipeg Airport's authority is clearly about Winnipeg, and right. that's true. It mm-hmm. is. Even the airports that we do elsewhere, and uh, we do, for example, a Callaway Airport, which uh, we did a design, build, and operate uh, up there. Uh, we run another airport in Manitoba. It's uh, called the Paw okay. uh, Airport. Right. Uh, and then we run an airport in British Columbia, Dawson Creek. But we do uh, about 34 airports where we do safety management services. Uh, you know, when you go in and do the audits for all the airports, those kinds of things on how mm-hmm. they're performing, right. we do that right across the country. Okay. Well, that yeah. obviously keeps you and your team very busy. Absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And we got a great team doing it too. So Right on. Yeah, yeah that's so important, always mm-hmm. having that good team around you and making sure we're always building that and, and uh, the culture that comes with that. Um, when we originally reached out to you, you said you wanted to talk about some of the why you do the th- different things and the purpose that you have and the purpose of the airport here. If you wouldn't mind maybe getting into a little bit of that for us. Oh, I'd love to. You know, um, uh, it, for us at the airport, it all starts with our vision, mission, and values. Right. It almost sounds trite when you talk about that, mm-hmm. but it's the what's behind that. So I, uh, name like Rempel being a good southern Manitoba kid it's no surprise to most people that there's a sort of Mennonite tradition in the background there right uh, and uh, for me it was always about uh, in fact I recall many conversations even with my grandfather talking about you know why it's important to know what, why we were doing things mm-hmm. and as sort of uh, uh, progressed uh, over time lo and behold um, I started picking up on things like many many people you know are uh, Rotarians, right? And their whole yeah. their whole ethos about service above self. When you translate that to the airport, we're only here for one thing. That one thing is to serve, to serve our mm-hmm. community. How how is important, mm-hmm. uh, and maintaining that focus on what and how is is critical. But um, always aligning and understanding that we're here for one purpose. That's to serve this community. Right, and it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, uh, a lot of people won't know the story. I've shared it a few times, but a few years ago when I was bringing a um, family member in from uh, Ukraine yes. and how you stepped up and really helped. And I've always appreciated the work that you did in helping her get through international uh, airports, yeah. not knowing English. And, uh, you know, like yeah. I say, and I'm sure you don't do that for every person yeah. that, you, that calls you, it's, but at the time, just the, 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 the service and the way you really helped yeah. me out and how much I appreciated yes. that. One of the things that I've really come to appreciate is how the entire team, though, here mm-hmm. understands the importance of doing that. Right. It's not just me. And in fact, even in that situation, 
it was reaching out to other people that understood it's important to help other people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, here, our team here has just been fantastic in understanding that, um, they're not here. It's not about themselves. And if you've ever seen a tagline for my email, Mm -hmm. uh, right on it, uh, it says we do not exist for ourselves alone. Right. Uh, this is a big community, global Mm -hmm. community, but we have to live that locally. Right, exactly. Interesting, though, when you started off talking here, you mentioned the uh, vision and mission and all that. And and these days, what I'm starting to see more of is a purpose coming through, almost replacing those. What are your thoughts on things like that? Um, I'm still, I guess, a bit of a traditionalist Mm -hmm. um, on on that, because to me, it provides a great framework. I call it the umbrella, under which it empowers employees to make the decisions they know are okay to make. Right. Um, uh, to, to a lot of people now, you're right, are just talking mm-hmm. about this sort of broad purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, our vision, mission, and values don't actually say we're here to serve. Right. Um, it, it says some inc- incredibly important things, though. Uh, the first three words of our mission statement are with our community. It goes on to say providing excellent facilities and services, and importantly, in a fiscally prudent manner. Right. That statement by itself should tell virtually every one of our team members they can make decisions inside that framework. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Making sure that it, the end goal being the customer in mind. And, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I was talking with a fellow yesterday about the internal customer as well, making sure that we're able to take care of our own people because if they're absolutely in a good true. place, they can take care of the the but, customers that are coming into yeah. your gates. I know uh, it's that's absolutely true. And you can even take this down to a personal level. If you're not treating your brother, your sister, your mother with the respect uh, that you're espousing elsewhere, it shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't hide uh, from that. You have to be living that throughout your life. Right. Yes, absolutely. No, you have, you're, you're so right about that. I mean, walking the talk. And, and that's yeah. so important. And yet you see people that don't. You know, there's a lot of lip service, yeah. for lack of a better term, but they truly aren't living it. And it shows up so quickly. You know, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> people can spot a fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, that's it. You know, and, and I, I sometimes, uh, I'll say, almost decry the state of, of uh, where we've come to mm-hmm. in business even, where um, it's important to look certain ways, but it's really obvious that you're not living that. And when mm-hmm. you, as soon as you get that sort of conflict of messaging, people go, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, I know you and I in the past have talked about a book by Simon Sinek. It's called, it starts with why. Right. Uh, and one of Simon's, uh, quotes, uh, is he says, uh, people don't do or don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So, I mean, what he's saying in all that is, is that if people get your why, they'll cut you a lot of slack. They'll work with you to get somewhere. If it's just about the what, and, you know, especially if that what is something that appears selfish, they're gone. Right, 100%. And, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, even when we started doing this show and, and talking with my sales team about it, and they're going, well, but you're not talking about fire protection. Why are you doing this? And I said, it's a much yeah. bigger picture. I want to be able to share what people like yourself are doing and others, uh, myself, you know, because business is a challenging thing. And yeah understanding some of the fundamentals these days, which like you say, are the why that's so critical that we needed to sit down. And and I realized very early on that I needed to get the idea of why to them 
So they sat back and went, okay, I get it now. Because as I said to you just before we started recording here, if I talked fire protection all day, you know, the only person yeah. that would watch this is my mom, right? Well, I might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, that's true. Um, I, uh, I keep going back in, in sort of my personal journey uh, mm-hmm. along this, and I, f- I find myself continuing to learn almost every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that uh, really, I guess, started providing me that focus was actually that book that I just talked about. And it was given to me by a, a U.S. Brigadier General who happened to be up in, in uh, Manitoba here at uh, One Canadian Air Division as the mm-hmm. deputy commander for NORAD. And he said, you got you to see this book. I, I didn't understand why he wanted to give me the book at first. And it kind of sat in, you know, the, the coffee table there for a while. Right, yeah. Um, but then I picked it up and I, and I thought, you know what, this was such a way of bringing this purpose, I'll, I'll say purpose-driven life into, into focus for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, in, in the book he talks about, uh, it starts with why, obviously. And he has what he calls the golden circles. And in the center of it, he's got why. Outside that, he's got what and then how. And he, he, uh, it's just with such simplicity he's able to say uh, and make clear that if you don't understand that why, mm-hmm. and if you're not true to that why, the what and the how don't matter. Exactly. If you get those backwards, uh, you've got a problem. Exactly. And, uh, for me, it was just sort of one of those moments, mm-hmm. aha moments, as they say. I've read the, the, the book as well. And mm-hmm. you're right. The why is what drives you. It's kind of why you get out of bed every day. And what you think of first. How am I going to take care of this? Yeah. Um, you know, why am I doing that? Why am I making this move? Why am, uh, I'm doing an exercise challenge right now myself. And it's like, why am I doing this? Well, to feel better, to extend yeah. life, to look better, to, you know, I've said to, to people to make sure that I am there to walk my daughter down the aisle at her wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, so there's so many reasons why we do things on a personal level, but, yeah. and why we do it on a business level. Yeah. You know, it was kind of interesting. I, I mentioned sort of my personal journey on, on this. And um, uh, I've had the, the good fortune to be able to talk to other people as, uh, you know, they're going through their careers. And I'm seeing some of the things that mistakes I made being mm-hmm. replicated uh, uh, in others. And just having a chance to talk to them. Uh, when I was going through uh, a couple of things, I came, there were two books I came across as, uh, I'd say, I... I, I moved from, and this came from, comes from Bob Buford's book, uh, uh, from success to significance. And that was an important shift in, in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, I had, I would say, external trappings of success in terms of career, those sorts of things. Right. But it wasn't until um, I, re- I was reading that book about moving from success to significance where it, it really struck me that um, I needed to more clearly understand and as importantly to articulate to myself what my why was, what was going to drive uh, sort of my journey uh, right. going forward. Um, that book, uh, which is called Halftime, uh, w- coincided with uh, a career change for me. And it was, a, it was a, an important time where understanding myself uh, became the the thing that needed to be done before I could na- pay, take next steps. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the other book that came coincidentally at that time is "What Color Is My Parachute," uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that one really walks you through trying to understand 
your own purpose. Uh, none of that was as clear as Simon Sinek's sort of ultimate simplicity of, of his book. But it, Right, yeah, and, and Simon's book isn't particularly long. No, that's an afternoon read. Yeah, yeah. but he yeah. sure you know, hits the nail right on the head. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, interesting. It's, it's really <clears throat> important, not just on a personal perspective, but it's critical on a corporate business uh, perspective. And as leaders, I find if our own personal values aren't directly aligned with what we're doing corporately, that also becomes an issue. Uh, And it manifests itself in weird ways, whether it's uh, turnover of staff, because whether they they understand it or not, there's an inherent conflict between what you're saying and what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. Excuse me. Uh, And and that gets back to the culture part of, you know, it always starts at the top. And if you're bringing the right culture for the right reasons, because you have a good solid why, it starts to manifest itself out with people. And it's funny, I've been talking with some of my people about this. Uh, You know, if you've got a positive attitude and you have a reason for doing Mm -hmm. things, that permeates itself through the entire culture. But if you come in every day and you've got... A bit of something going on in yeah. my throat. But if you've got a kind of a black cloud over your head every day, you that also goes through yep. the group, and it really takes them down. It does. When uh, when I came, uh, <coughs> when, when I first came, and it's hard to believe, but it's now over 18 years that I've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first came here, I, re- I recall um, a, a group of people that were doing their jobs. They were doing it effectively. You know, before I came here, guess what? They hadn't had a runway closure in, I don't know, since 1969. Right, yeah. So they were effectively doing their job, but they weren't advancing in the way that as a group they could. So when we started talking about who are we and what's, what's our, what is our purpose, uh, one of the interesting things that happened is, is that uh, those that could not buy in kind of self-selected. Right. And if you yeah. take a look at our team here today, uh, there are some very, it's a very different uh, group of people. Some of that mm-hmm. demographics, obviously, but uh, some of it also uh, uh, people that are coming now uh, and wanting to be here because they get, they get that understanding of what, what our purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been really pleased over the last, in fact, we just, just had it announced that uh, the Winnipeg Airports Authority has for now the 10th year in a row been named as uh, one of Manitoba's top employers. Wow. You don't get Fantastic. those awards without understanding your why. Yes, 100%. The other interesting part, too, is when you start building that strong team, the team will start weeding out the people that aren't buying into it. And and that's always interesting to see because when they start tasting that success and they want more of it and they understand that they're doing great things, the people that aren't buying into that slowly, you know, find that it's either up, you know, they come up and they would start to buy into it as well, or that this isn't for me. And sometimes you just have to have that yeah. conversation and say thank you for your time. And absolutely true, and that's that's important for managers, management, to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't take long where you start to see that that growing. So when your culture starts to shift, change is not easy. Right. Yeah. Uh, change is purposeful, um, and uh, it's not immediately everybody buys in and says, "Yep, mm-hmm. that's what I want," because they are used to a certain way. And, uh, and it's just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are consistent in the application of your vision, if you're consistent in your values particularly, it starts to come, uh, to come around. And, you know, I've been working now with a team here that's done some amazing things 
when you look back 10 years, 15 years, uh, in providing service to our, uh, to our community, yeah, the runways are still open. Mm-hmm. They're still working. Yeah. Um, but take a look around the campus. Um, 2002, we had uh, a total of 380. The total economic impact of the airport was $385 million per year. Right. Yeah. Today, total economic impact is $3.4 billion per year. Wow. Uh, the campus and, and the, the purpose of using the airport in a way to leverage what we've been given to meet the needs of, of our community um, in the last 15 years, we there. I say we, but it's the broader campus uh, responsible for an increase of 500 jobs every year, each and every year. That's incredible. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing that helps build build community. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one uh, carrier that serves here. Most people don't even know who they are. It's Cargo Jet. Okay. They come in here. You know, there's like 18 18 flights a night in and out. I was at the airport here mm-hmm. at 3:30 this morning watching them. Um, they are now responsible for 22% of the landed weight here at the airport. That That's means, incredible. That means that our businesses have access to markets, have access to um, uh, products that they just would not have had had we not sat down with CargoJet and with other leaders in our community and said, we really need you to be serving here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to get back to the, the comments you made earlier about change too and how people always fear the change, but I think a lot of times the failure isn't in the change. The failure is in not explaining the why properly. If people understand why you're making a change, they can buy into it because they can see the end game. Absolutely true. You know? That goes back to that earlier comment, again, Simon Sinek's quote, mm-hmm. people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Exactly. And if they're yeah. aligned with your why, it is amazing how quickly mm-hmm. and how far you can move. For sure. Um, I think we're probably getting very close to the end of the, the conversation, although I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Can't be. No. Can't be? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. we can keep going for another yeah. hour if you want. Um, yeah. I don't know, are there any last thoughts that you had on kind of uh, culture or why or purpose? No, you know, I think uh, not Not really. Our, uh, I, as I say, our purpose here is really whether it's in Iqaluit, mm-hmm. whether it's in Dawson Creek, um, our purpose in doing all of that uh, is to serve this community. Mm-hmm. It's a way of us bringing in, you know, the funding required. Airports aren't cheap to operate. Right, yeah. And we have to be competitive. This is a fiercely, fiercely competitive business. Right. Um, and uh, we, we need to be able to find ways to provide the things that this community would expect. I just came back from a trip across Asia. Um, I now have a changed expectation of the kinds of services we should be providing here because mm-hmm. the rest of the world is moving ahead of us. Right. And uh, we need to make sure that we're right on that track. So all the things we're doing come back to providing the resources. And it's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just funding. It's not just the capital resources, but it's the human ex- um, uh, capital, the human uh, skills that uh, are out there, are, are being taught globally that we need to ensure are here so that Manitobans have that connectivity that that they need in order to succeed. Again, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about the airport. It's about how can you get to whatever market uh, right. you're in, goods or services. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that's kind of an interesting perspective because, you know, the statement that we've always done it this way is so terrible in that the world is a changing place. We've become that global economy. 
And when you can learn new uh, business techniques or ways of providing service from outside areas, it's so important to bring that back home. Because if we just stay in our own little bubble, the world will pass us by. You will lose that culture. Your people will leave because they're looking Mm -hmm. for something more exciting. They want to be more dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I looked on uh, Glassdoor. It's a website. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... uh, I, I was afraid originally to go look because I went and looked us up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was interesting at that time, this is a little while ago, uh, they, the comment was, fantastic place to work, but don't go there. They never have turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's good, mm-hmm. but that's also got some risk. Right. Uh, when you're in an environment, though, where you're actually growing, you can create that opportunity, you can create that uh, mm-hmm. benefit for, uh, for staff. Um, I'm hoping in the next little while that we're going to even be able to get to things like employee exchanges with some of the world's top airports. Right. Yeah. Um, always so that that skill can come home. That is such service. a great idea, you know, to be able to send your people off and work for, you know, a short period of time and come back with those ideas. Man, that would be, yeah. Yeah. I'm what, thinking about that uh, for myself. I'm going, you yeah. know, that, that's a pretty yeah. good idea. One of, uh, one of the airports <clears throat> I was just talking with, uh, on this trip I was on, um, Interestingly, they've heard about Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. They've heard about our ability to ensure the airplanes are always coming going in what is some re- reasonably extreme weather conditions. Mm-hmm. They, they have never seen frost <laughs> yeah. in their airports, but they're working with other airports. And what they want to do is just come here and understand why does it work here? How, how can, mm-hmm. you, uh, can you, you know, keep this kind of an operation going? Yes, absolutely. Do you have a lot of airports that are uh, questioning or trying to understand why you're 24-7 versus a lot of them that I don't think uh, run that that full 24-hour day schedule like we do here in Winnipeg? Well, uh, you know, it's a little bit backwards to that. When uh, when I'm out at uh, other airports globally, Mm -hmm. uh, they are, I'll say, uh, curious about our 24-7. They're amazed at the understanding that the community has had to put those protections in place that allows that to happen. Um, the top, uh, and I'll just use Canadian air- airports, the top eight airports across the country, um, 2002, were all 24-7. Right. Um, it was the vision of then Premier Philman back in the 90s that said, no, let's put, a, let's put an area around the airport where we just don't w- want the interference of new housing and potential around airport noise mm-hmm. to, right. to have a, an impact on, on growing our global connectivity. Um, airports that I talked to are just jealous right. uh, of that. But of the top eight airports that were there in 2002, um, uh, out west here there's just ourselves in Edmonton mm-hmm. anymore that have that 24-hour operation. And candidly, uh, we're the only of what I'll call the city airports that uh, are still 24-7. That has meant an increase in the number of jobs exponentially. Right, yeah. Um, as we are in another changing environment, and that's what's going on with retail. Mm-hmm. Um, those flights coming in here every night, that's uh, buying the stuff you just bought on Amazon uh, right. the night before. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's, what's getting it here so quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you talk, uh, you know, $3.4 billion yeah. in, in uh, avenue or annual revenues, um, to lose that 24-7 would probably very restrict that. Uh, it, it absolutely would, particularly mm-hmm. because the 24-7 part you lose is the overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we are the largest freighter airport in Canada. Mm-hmm. 
we're up against some pretty big competition when you think mm-hmm. about Toronto and Vancouver and, you know, even Montreal mm-hmm. or Calgary. Right, yeah. Um, so we've been able to leverage the, uh, the assets. And when I say we, it's our, it's our community, mm-hmm. has been able to leverage the assets we have here at the airport, land, 24 hours, uh, all those kinds of uh, things that uh, has made this the top airport in the country mm-hmm. uh, for that. As I said, that's about 22% of our business now. Yeah, so well, it's that's, significant. It's a big deal. And if deal. you apply 22% against the fact that there are 17,500 jobs that the airport's responsible for, right. you get a sense now of how many people are impacted. Yeah, that's um, a big deal. I, I also like to tell the, the politicians that I end up meeting with uh, <laughs> how much taxes we pay, but that's... Uh, yeah, all those sort uh, of things for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, it's you mentioned earlier just the, the the cost of running the airport and i think of your liability insurance and i think i know what mine is in the fire protection yeah. business because same thing if a, a building burns down I, i'm always nervous with yeah. this you know well, our, our and I, so i know what yeah. i pay for liability insurance i don't want to trade with you yeah no probably not <laughs> um although i see there's something else one of the things that we learned um from uh, industry this is uh, here in winnipeg um one of my board members is uh, Paul Subri from right. New yeah, Flyer. Right, yeah, I know Paul, yeah. And Paul, prior to New, uh, New Flyer, was over at Standard Aero, just uh, across okay. the way here from us. And uh, uh, Paul has always been uh, big on lean manufacturing. Mm-hmm. I could not get it through my head for a long period of time that we could learn something from manufacturing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're a service industry. Right. Uh, we were able to work with, uh, with Paul, his team, some folks from uh, CME, Canadian Manufacturers Exporters, and we've adopted the entire lean manufacturing process. That's allowed us to continue to improve constantly. Right. So what you're doing is looking at service as more of a product. Absolutely. And, and, and then leaning and, that. And if anybody, uh, you know, it's amazing to me, we can go back and what we call lean a process. We go back six months later, eight months later, do that same process again, and we find even more things we could right. be doing. Right, absolutely. The interesting part, too, and, I, and I've experienced this myself, is when we bring in new technology, everyone grumbles. And, and again, you can walk them through the why, as we yeah. talked about earlier. But the six months later, you go back to them and say, yeah. are you ready to give this up? Oh, no, 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 yeah. I don't want to go back to no. paper. I don't want to go yeah. back to whatever that process was at the time yeah. because the new one is better. It's it's less stressful. They're more comfortable yeah. with it. It's faster. You know, the, people appreciate that once they understand, again, yeah. the why of it. You know, we had um, uh, we had an interesting experience here the last little while uh, because of some of our lean manufacturing and getting known in part of the community around mm-hmm. uh, that sort of innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, an, a, a test going on here on the airfield right now for autonomous snowplow. Okay. We're the only one globally now that uh, is continuing uh, to do that. It's two Manitoba companies that we just helped facilitate and are, are using the airport as a, as a test site. When we first started talking about autonomous snowplows, I will tell you that there was a moment of fear into mm-hmm. the hearts of a lot of the folks that are working out on the airfield. Like, what, there goes my job. Right, yeah. What we're really doing with it is we're using the technology to expand their skills. So now mm-hmm. they're not just driving one mm-hmm. plow, you know, in a group. Right. Yeah. Um, but so they're expanding their skills. But at the same time, we're actually providing more service. Mm-hmm. We still have the same number of, uh, of folks out there on the airfield mm-hmm. with with the heavy equipment. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're now able to do, you know, the secondary and tertiary cleaning priorities mm-hmm at the same time, which guarantees 
I say guarantees, but it, it certainly moves you in the direction of being able to mm-hmm. assure the community that when there is a big snow event, we're going to be okay. Yeah, you're good to go. The interesting part there too is the fact that um, you take your people and you've expanded their experience, which actually expands their value to you. Absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 an interesting experience because a lot mm-hmm. of us, uh, a lot of our team are, are part of uh, organized labor mm-hmm. uh, side. To me, what's been amazing is is to have that come together. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're focused and pointed at the same place, right? Instead of across, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden you come back together, right? Right. So yeah. When you have that shared goal, and yeah. again, everyone knows the why you're going to that goal. There, there should be no friction getting there. Absolutely, that yeah. you're you're right. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it to me, it's especially when you're looking longer term and you're looking out there. Mm-hmm. When instead of sitting across the table of each other, mm-hmm. it, it uh, that vision going this way automatically brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, together it, it it's a, been an amazing experience for me i wished i'd have learned that earlier <laughs> <laughs> you know what i could say that about a yeah. hundred things yeah <laughs> you know my grandfather used to say too too soon old too late smart yes uh, yes yeah. for sure i know i i often said i wish i knew now what i you know uh when i was 20 yeah. and how much easier Absolutely. life would have been for me but yeah. you know the school hard knocks is always open and uh i seem to be a regular yeah. attendee uh yeah i learned that this week again yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm a regular attendee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know what? I think we've taken up more than uh, enough of your time, and I really appreciate the conversation this morning. Well, it's been a great conversation. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, tuning in this week. Again, I'm Rob Reed. This is Into the Fire. We'll see you again next week.